Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. For this setting this morning, there's some individuals here in this house right now. The Holy Ghost is moving in your favor right now. You woke up this morning with an intent in your mind that regardless of the storm and the battle and the warfare that is going on, you're going to get to the house of God. And because of that, the Lord is working in your favor. At your home right now, the Lord is working in your favor. I feel the Holy Ghost moving again. Can we lift our hands one more time? I want us to give God some praise. And I, I know, I know I'm talking to some already here right now. You need God to do something that nobody else can do. God's healing somebody right now in this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What better hour. What better hour for the Lord to do the work than at the hour that is least expected. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what I feel in the house today. I'm so tremendously honored to get to be here in Medora, Indiana with this great church. I'm going to tell y'all, this is a gorgeous church. Even before the remodel, I believe that this was a gorgeous church. There is a fantastic spirit here. I believe it's residential. I don't believe it's something that we got to try to fluff up. I believe it's just already here. And... Uh, the reality is, as an evangelist, not everywhere, unfortunately, not everywhere has the same welcoming spirit. Thank you. As a church body, thank you for what you have produced in this place. Thank you so much. I give honor to your pastor and to his family, brother and sister Gill. I've not gotten to know them for too long, but I can uh, tell you what you should already know. They are one of a kind. They are one of a kind. I, I'm thankful for the passion that I feel in this man and the passion for souls and for revival. How many of you are thankful for your leadership in this church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And his, his family, Brother David, Sister Grace, so thankful for them and what God is doing in their life and where God is taking them Excited to see what God is going to do with them. And Bishop sitting here, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, I believe I may have even said it when we were here last year, I don't know a whole lot about him personally, but I have heard enough to let me know that he is the real deal. He is the real deal. And if you got a problem with that, we'll meet you in the parking lot. Pastor will handle it. And I'll just watch. I'll just watch. I give, give honor and double honor to Bishop Walls today. And to my family, I love my wife. 
and to my beautiful children. I wish, I wish that I could be as good looking as my wife and my girls are. I love them so much. And uh, we just celebrated this year, this month, just celebrated 12 years of marriage. I don't know how she's done it. I don't know how in the world she has done it. I do believe that it helps when your husband is the best husband in the world. I believe that it helps. <clears throat> Lord, that look says it all right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to have a revival this week. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me in the word of the Lord. I, um, I felt very good about this, uh, this grouping of services. I have felt the Lord pull me in a certain direction and um, in prayer and driving into the city of Medora. I, I did not know it was as much of a hub as it is. But I believe that this season of revival this week, not because I'm the one preaching it, not because uh, I've brought something special that no other evangelist has, but I think it's time. There's, there's our time and then there's God's time. I believe that it is God's time here. And so I've come today, this morning, the first service of this revival to stir up and entice someone's spirit for what God is about to do here. In the book of Romans, chapter number 11, verse number 33, there's one verse and then we'll be seated. Book of Romans, chapter number 11, verse number 33. All the ministry that is here, I give you honor as well. The teachers, the preachers, we need you today. We need you. And to all those that feel the tug and the pull of a calling on your life, we need you. We need you. Book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 33. Paul writes, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I'm going to read that one more time. This, this, is a, this is a verse that I have grown familiar with in prayer. I quote this quite often in prayer because there is power behind it. Oh, the depth, this is an exclamation from Paul. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For just a short while this morning, I'd like to preach to you from this thought, and this will make more sense once we get into this, more beyond, more beyond. Hallelujah. Can we close our Bibles? Let's lift our hands to heaven one more time and we're going to pray for the Lord to talk to us today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful, Lord, for the opportunity you have given us to come together with one mind and one accord in one place. I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus, for the unction of the Spirit that I feel here. Lord, I know that there's a work that needs to be done, God, and I pray that you would have the liberty, God, that we would give you full surrender over, Lord Jesus, to what you would have us do and what you want to do in this house today, Lord. We give you all the glory and the praise today in the name of Jesus. Can we clap our hands one more time 
Hallelujah. Can we put our voice with that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated today in the presence of the Lord. Our God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that is kept from him. Um, I, I've always kind of explained it when I've had Bible studies and I've talked with individuals about uh, holiness, holiness, the idea of holiness, which has become a bad word apparently in some places. But um, holiness is simply seeking after the mind of God. The reality is, uh, according to Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, the Lord's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25 tells us that because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. There is something to be said of the God that we serve whose knowledge and wisdom is limitless. Unfortunately, here on this earth as flesh, as man, we can go through all of the outlets of education. We can go to college for umpteen years and, and we can pursue multiple different avenues of education and still be limited in our wisdom, in our knowledge, in comparison to God himself. Before Abraham was, he said, I am. When God existed alone, he was knowledge. He was wisdom. He had all of that wrapped up in himself. And when it comes to man, there is a way, according to Proverbs 14 and 12, that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. When I try to lean simply on my own understanding and my own knowledge and my own wisdom of the things of this world or even concerning the things of God, I'm, I'm never going to get the full picture, the full capacity of what is available. The only way that happens is when I begin to tap into some supernatural wisdom and knowledge of God. I'll be honest with you today. You're looking at, at one redneck that, that uh, I didn't graduate from high school. I, I, down in Tennessee, we call it a ged. I don't know what Indiana calls them if, it's, if you spell it out, G-E-D. But down in Tennessee, I got a ged. And I did not study for it. I actually prayed about it and I went and I took the test and passed with flying colors. And, and before my graduating class was uh, actually receiving their diplomas, I was already a team lead at my first job. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue promotion and, and I wanted to pursue leadership. I wanted to go that direction. That was the way my life went. And, and, and to be honest, even today talking about this, my, my grandfather uh, at, at fifth grade, the age that he was in fifth grade, he was pulled out of school because back in that day, it was about family. Back in that day, it was about making sure the crops were taken care of and that you come home, you take care of the cattle, you take care of, of the family. You come home and you spend time with the family. And, and my grandfather, he was as he was pulled out, most people would, would want to say that he was not a smart man. Most people would, would even lean that, that he was lacking in uh, common sense maybe even, but, but to be honest with you, he was one of the smartest men I ever knew in my life. And it's because somewhere in his twenties and thirties, he, he found a place on his knees 
and began to dig into a prayer life. And, and there's something special about what can be unlocked when we begin to pursue the wisdom and the knowledge of God. It far surpasses anything we will ever understand here in this world. I thank God that where I may be lacking in knowing things, that I can make up for that when I get on my knees and I begin to cry out to God, that he begins to speak things to me that I may never read in a book, I may never find in a classroom or an institution, but I thank God that he can still speak to me and that I can have revelation from his wisdom and his knowledge. As Paul is writing this, he, he is, he's breaking this down and telling the Roman church, I need you to catch a, a grasp on the idea of how deep his wisdom and his knowledge truly is. It is, it is unsearchable and his ways are past finding out. Now, taking this out of context and reading it at face value would almost seem like Paul is saying there's no point in even trying. There's no point in even looking because it's so unsearchable and it's, it's so far out of our reach. But, but from what I read everywhere in the word, I never find anything that says that I am to reach a certain place with the Lord and then say that's good enough. But I need to have a hunger in me that says I know what I know now, but I also know there's a deeper place. I also know that there's a depth of God that I have not reached yet and I wanna do whatever I can to get there. I may pursue his wisdom and his knowledge for the rest of my life. I may push to understand more and more every day until the day I draw my last breath and I will still have had more to find about him. My God help us Lord in this hour right now, the last hour of the church that we don't get complacent and that we don't get set in our ways and think that we have discovered everything that there is and that we have found all that we need to know. But God, I believe that today when I leave the house of God, I can go back to my camper. I can get down on my hands and knees and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and find out something new about him that I did not know yesterday, that I have not known my whole life, but that I can keep digging because oh, the depth, oh, the depth of God. I don't ever want to reach the place. I don't ever want to reach the place, God help me, where I have come to church all of my life and I've, I've served the Lord for 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years and, and I've seen all that there is to see and I've heard all that there is to hear and I've experienced all that there is to experience. I, I'll be honest with you, I believe that we are moving into the greatest generation and the greatest opportunity of God's outpouring that we have ever seen in Pentecost but somebody has to get that hunger in their spirit that says, Lord, I'm thankful for what I have been through and what you've given me up to this point, but I'm not satisfied here. This ain't where I'm gonna stop. This is not where I'm gonna sit back and pop out the lazy boy recliner, but instead, I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna keep searching because I believe there's greater miracles ahead. I believe there's greater revival ahead. I believe there's more souls to be won. I believe, Lord Jesus, that there is a greater day coming. Yes, 
God, don't help me. Don't, don't let me get content with how things have been. I looked around last night as I was in here praying. I was looking and I was checking out the lighting and I was checking out how beautiful the sanctuary is now with all of the, the decoration and how everything is set up. And I began to pray. I said, Lord, I've been, I've been too many places and I've seen too many things where people get a church finally set in such a way that pleases everybody. And I, I, I hope that this is all right. I'm going to preach to you this week because I feel like God is wanting to shift some things here. But the last thing that needs to happen is once the remodel is completely done that we finally sit back and just enjoy the fact that we finally got here and that we put it in park and we just celebrate on the remodel and we celebrate on, on how nice things are. But instead, when that last nail is struck and the last light is turned on, that somebody says, okay, thank God we got here, but now it's time to go to the prayer room. Now it's time to go and get in the presence of God because I believe there's another level. I believe there's a greater place that we can go. I'm not satisfied with this. I believe that we need more chairs added to the church. I believe, I believe, I believe the depth of God. Many of you have probably heard the story and pastor may have even used this at some point in time. I just got to tell y'all, y'all have got one of the greatest preachers in Pentecost as your pastor. And I know he's probably looking at me like, you need to hush. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, see, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I, I, if, if y'all need revival, you've already got the preacher to do it. You didn't have to have an evangelist, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I, 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 don't, I don't know, maybe you've heard the story, but, but according to Greek mythology, uh, Hercules, y'all know Hercules, he looks a little bit like me. Hercules constructed two pillars, <laughs> God, constructed two pillars at the Strait of Gibraltar. And the Strait of Gibraltar is, uh, it's, a, it's a strait that connects the Atlantic to the Mediterranean Sea, and it separates the European peninsula from the continent of Africa. The pillars were constructed to let everyone at that time know that that was the edge of the then known world. There was nothing beyond this. Past this is nothing but ocean. There's, there's no land, there's no, there's no discoveries, nothing out there. This is where it ends, and and. Eventually, in the 14th and 15th centuries, by that time, uh, they had adapted a phrase, a Latin phrase, by the, by the, uh, it was called ne plus ultra. And it literally meant no more beyond. That's all it meant. No more beyond. Uh, it, was, it was a phrase that was, that was graved into those pillars. It was a warning, and at the same time, it was a trophy. Uh, today, people use the phrase ne plus ultra as, as a compliment to say you have achieved all that there is to achieve. And, and so they, they, they engraved it on those pillars. And, and, and in Spain at that time, in the 14th and 15th century, there was, uh, there was uh, exploration was, was something that was very popular. But, but at the same time, they would go out beyond those pillars and, and they would always come back disappointed. They would go out beyond those pillars to try to discover something new, try to find something nobody had ever found before. And every time they came back disappointed, empty-handed and discouraged because they never were able to find anything. And so eventually what happened was after trying so many times, they just finally adapted to the phrase, no more beyond. 
They finally just adapted to the idea that where we are and what we have is it and there's nothing else and we might as well just set up camp here and just enjoy what we have until we all die because that's all that there is. And, and it became so much, of a, so much of a creed to them, it was coined on their currency. It was plastered on their banners and their standards across the land. It was, it was like a, in the middle of any conversation, the, the conversation, would end by saying, and you know, nay plus ultra, no more beyond. And, and, and you know, there's nothing else out there. What we have is it. What we have is the best. We might as well just chill here and stick to the status quo. And, and, and even more so, the explorers would go out beyond those pillars and they would sit down and draw out maps of all the territory that had been charted. And on that map across the borders, they would write the words, nay plus ultra. It closed the door to any potential of new discovery. They would take the map back home and they would sit down. I believe maybe even mamas and daddies would go back and they would tell their baby stories about their grandparents and how, how grandma and grandpa used to get out on a ship. And, and even when everybody told them that that was the, 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 the pillars said it all, that you just needed to trust that there's nothing else out there. Grandma and grandpa pushed the limits and, and they pushed it out into the deep, but, but they came back and, and they never had anything. They never discovered anything. And, and so they're telling their babies these stories about exploration and curiosity and, and excitement. And then all of a sudden to end the bedtime story by saying, now baby, I, I know you're excited about what I just told you, but you gotta know that what we have now is it. There's, there is nothing else. You just need to go ahead and get used to this. You need to sell into the way things have been and the way they're always going to be. But I believe according to history that there was an individual by the name of Columbus how many of you know Columbus? We get a holiday uh, celebrated after him where we ain't gotta go to work, right? That's what matters most. Columbus, I almost picture him as a young boy growing up and hearing those stories, his mama and his daddy telling him about how explorers used to would go out and have the idea that there was something else out there. That if you, if you push just a little bit further past those pillars, you're gonna discover something nobody else has ever found. But then to end the story by telling him, now Columbus, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> now Columbus, don't get excited. Now Columbus, you need to go ahead and just get comfortable the way things are. We're living in the golden age, that, that, the, the, the most golden age Spain has ever seen. We've got trade routes, we've got currency, we, we, we've, got, we've got economy, we, we've got all that we need, we've got a market, we've got everything we need to just survive like we are right now. Oh, Lord. Every, everything happens so great where we are, there's no reason for you to push any further. Everything is happening so good like it is, there's no reason for you to want to go out and discover something new. Why can't you just be like everybody else? Why can't you stick to the status quo and just fall in line with everybody and just don't, don't make a ruckus, don't make a scene, don't be different, be like everybody else. But Columbus had something in him that said, I know what you're telling me, but I believe, I believe there is something else out there. I believe there is something out beyond where grandma and grandpa went. I believe there is something out there beyond where the generation before them went. But somebody's got to get past that point and keep 
pushing. I've got to get to where my grandparents stopped and say, this is great. Revival's good here. Miracles are good here. But I'm willing to push it further. I'm willing to go beyond that. I'm willing to keep searching because I do believe there's something greater out there. Columbus, this idea running through his mind, there's, there's got to be opportunity out there. There's uncharted territory out there. Places that nobody in my family, places that nobody in the, in the connected families, places that nobody connected to my neighbor has ever been before. I believe, that, I, I believe that if I was to get on that ship and I was to sail out as far as the elders did and look down and think, my goodness, they came so far. They pushed it way out there. Even when everybody was saying there was no point in it, look at how far they came. Look at how far they pushed it. But look at how much distance there still is to go. Look at how much more potential there is. Look at how much more opportunity there is. Thank God. Thank God for the elders, my Lord, that, that paved the path for us, that, that pushed the border out beyond the pillars where everybody in the world says, you can't get no more than this. The elders in our life, the elders of Pentecost that said, we, I don't think so. We're gonna push it out a little bit further. We're gonna go a little bit deeper in this Holy Ghost thing. We're gonna go a little bit deeper in Pentecost. We're going to go a little bit deeper in miracles, signs, and wonders. And they pushed it out and pushed it out until finally that generation came to an end. But Columbus, Columbus is sitting back thinking something in me says that if I can prepare, if I can get everything set just right, we're going to load up a ship we're going to make it to where grandma and grandpa stopped. And then we're going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing. I would imagine Columbus got made fun of. I would imagine he was persecuted. He was laughed at. Conversation coming to him and saying, Columbus, I, I know you're excited. I actually had one time, I had a man that I was working with come and tell me. He received the Holy Ghost and he went back to work. It was the previous job before he was working with me. He said, I went back to work the next day and I noticed one of the men that was at the church worked with me and I ran up to him and I told him, how, I, I asked him, how, 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 how have you controlled this feeling. I just received the Holy Ghost last night and I'm bubbling over and I'm excited. I, I want to go tell somebody about Jesus. And that individual looked at him and said, well, you'll learn to control that one day. <laughs> Columbus, I know you're excited. I know that you've got these passions. I know that you've got a dissatisfaction. I felt that last night as I was praying. Somebody here You've got, you've got a, a, a dissatisfaction in your spirit because you know that you've reached the place where things have seemingly just kind of plateaued and topped off. And that dissatisfaction is a hunger where God is trying to pull you to higher ground. He's pulling you to a deeper place in his wisdom and his knowledge. But, but in order to follow that, you've got to be willing to be the weirdo sometimes. Columbus, can you please just be like everybody else? No, I can't because everybody else
else is comfortable where they are, but something in me is burning on the inside and it says, I've got to go further. I've got to go deeper. I need to get out there because I believe, I believe in the depths. I'm not, my God, I'm not satisfied with believing that where I am right now is it and that we need to just celebrate Pentecost that we've been in all up to this point. I believe there's greater anointing. I believe there's greater power. I believe there's greater revival. I believe there's broken homes that need me out there beyond the pillars. Columbus, I'm... I'm going to draw to a close here pretty quickly. Columbus, we know the story. He goes, he gets the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria and sails out into the ocean blue in the year 14 and 92. And he, he don't discover nothing, right? He goes out there, he sails, he gets to where his grandparents stopped. You mean, the crazy thing is, I've talked to some young people that have this entitlement, I guess, because of the scripture that says the latter rain will be greater than the former. I say it, I say young people like I'm an old person. Lord Jesus, help me. I've talked to some young ministers even that all they do is they talk about how the latter rain is gonna be greater than the former. The latter rain is gonna be greater than the former. My question to them is, have you, have you even gotten to where the former rain was first? You, you're, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna surpass the, latter, the, the former rain and become a latter rain revival church until you learn how to have the prayer life like the former rain had. Until you learn how to commit to God like the former rain did. That when push came to shove, they weren't at the bar room, they were at the altar. That when hell was fighting them, they didn't turn to social media, they turned to the altar. You, you, you're going to have to learn how to get to where the former rain was before we can celebrate in a latter rain experience. Columbus is getting out there, and I, I, that's, that's how it goes, right? He gets out there to where his, his previous ancestors got to, and he said, well, I guess that's it. We're going to pack it up, and we're going to go home, and we're just going to have a good time in what we already have. No, Columbus got to that point, and he said, I know we're tired. I know we're exhausted. I know we're bruised. We're busted up. We're, we're broken. We're disgusted. My Lord, we got some seasick people. There's disease on the ship. The waves are boisterous and fighting us. We've got adversity. But every bit of what is on the inside of me says I'm going to push through it because I believe there is something else greater. I believe there's something else out there. My Lord Jesus, I'm here to let Medora Pentecostal Church know you have not seen the greatest revival for this church yet. You have not seen the greatest outpouring of the Spirit yet. But the Lord is looking for somebody in this congregation that'll be the weirdo and that'll stay Stand up and say, when nobody else is worshiping, I'm going to worship. When nobody else is shouting, I'm going to shout. When nobody else is in the altar, I'm going to get in the altar. Because I believe there's more beyond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Worship him for just a moment. Worship him. Worship him. Worship <laughs> him. Oh, God. 
When nobody else is amen and pastor, I'm going to amen pastor. When nobody else shows up for prayer meeting, I'm going to be there for prayer meeting because I believe there's more beyond. I believe there's more beyond. Somebody wants to come back to the music, come back to the piano. This is how it's going to work, this whole revival. When the music gets to play and that means the wheels of the plane have been popped out. Now, if y'all have ever been on a plane, not every time does it go down. Sometimes it has to go back up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I was in prayer not that long ago. I was praying. I was praying for this generation, these young men right here, these young ladies right here, my children. I never thought that I would have kids. I'm getting old. 30 is like 80. <laughs> it hurts. You want to know how I know I'm getting old? I went to get in the truck the other day and I made all kinds of sounds. And I stopped and I rebuked it first. And then I realized time is getting by so fast. I was praying for this generation. I said, God, what hope do they have? Not, not that I was being pessimistic or anything like that. I just said, God, what hope do they have? I look back at my grandparents. My grandmother, I'd sit down with some, she, she'd cook, she'd make some chicken and dumplings and cook fried apples. My Lord, have mercy. I feel the Holy Ghost. We'd sit down and she'd begin to tell me stories, Pastor, of what it was like in her generation. Work was not a distraction that kept you from the house of God. Come on now. Come on now. Personal time. I've been so busy this week, I need some time for me. Didn't exist. It was all about Jesus. If I, if I don't do anything else right the rest of the week, I'm going to be at the church in time for prayer before service, not waiting until church time starts or 10 minutes after church starts. My grandmother would sit and she told me, I remember one story, she said they were having a tent revival in my hometown. And on the way to the tent revival, they, they didn't have a car at that time. She was, a, she was a little girl. But she remembers the horse and the buggy pulling it down to that tent revival. And on their way there, one of the families that, that live right down the road from them, their horse and buggy had been pulled off on the side of the road. And the daddy was out laying hands on his children and they were speaking in a heavenly language, receiving the Holy Ghost before they ever even got to the tent. Somewhere in that journey from home to the tent revival, they said, Daddy, stop, I'm feeling something. They jump out of the, the cart, they get down in the ditch right there next to the road and the daddy begins to pray over them and they get filled with the Holy Ghost. Before they ever even get to the church, God forbid we're listening to country music before we ever get to church today. We've got the wrong radio station on hoping that God's gonna pour miracles out in the church while we're listening to Honky Tonk. These children, this generation, they, they need something far greater than I ever had. They need something far greater than you ever had. They need something far greater than my grandparents ever had. And I was praying. I said, God, what hope do they have? And the Lord took me in a vision and showed me a, a room with a shelf in it. There were vessels sitting on that shelf of fresh 
pure, authentic anointing that he has set aside for this hour, for this generation, for this church right here that he has never given any other generation. He's had it on reserve waiting for this moment right now. I've got to get it drilled into some mama and daddy's heart right now. Your babies are going to have the greatest revival that we have ever seen. But you've got to be the one encouraging them that says it's okay to push further. It's okay to go beyond. It's okay, baby. I believe as I was praying, I was walking yesterday, yesterday morning, I was in here praying. And then last night I came back to pray. I was in the house and I felt the Lord quicken me and said, get back into the church. So I came back in, I prayed. I told pastor, it took me about 15 minutes to find the light switches. I finally found the right ones. I set the mood in here. I was like, oh man, that feels great. Thank you, Jesus. I set the mood. Everything was great, but I started pacing back and forth. I was praying in the Holy Ghost and I stopped about right here. And the Lord, I walked by those pictures back here going into the fellowship hall of when the church was originally built. And it was almost like I was transitioned to that moment. And where I was standing, I could see men that were just laying the foundation. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I've done a lot of work since then. But this season is why that church was built. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Somebody's got to receive. I, I, I know you've got a bishop sitting here. I know you've got ministries that have been birthed out of this church that have changed the world. I know that. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. But every bit of that was great. It was amazing. We're not, we're not trying to, to, to run that into the ground. But what I am telling you is as great as every bit of that was, the greatest season MPC has ever had was for right now, this moment right here. The foundation, the very first brick was laid for this moment right now because there's a whole nother generation that has already left this world that said, God, I pray that my children take this thing further than I did. I pray that my grandbabies take this thing further than I did. Don't ever let my children and my grandchildren live off of the discoveries that I made 60 years ago. Let them get a place in the prayer room that drives them deeper. I want them to know sides of you, God, that I didn't get to know. I want them to know characteristics about you that I didn't get to know. I want them to know love and mercy that I never got to know. And the only way that happens is we've got to shake off the, the, the complacency. Shake off the comfort that 2023 has brought the Pentecostal church. And be willing to step up and say, you know what? Nobody else in the church may be interested in this. Everybody else in the church may be perfectly fine with us just becoming mechanical and just doing what we always do because it's easy. It's relaxing. I'll be honest with y'all. 
I'm gonna get in trouble the first service, Lord Jesus. With the way this church is set up right now, you could, you could do what you're doing right now until the Lord comes back and I believe that you'll be saved. I believe you could come in here. You could. Give your heart to God. Live holy and separated. Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You could get your checklist taken care of and live a godly life just the way MPC is right now. And I believe you'll make it. But I also believe that there's whole chapters of the book of MPC that you're gonna miss out on because you decided to just ride this coattail all the way to the end. When the Lord has literally, I, I see it right now in the Holy Ghost, the Lord has got his hands out. New discoveries, places in him that nobody else in this church has ever been. No other generation that has been in this church has ever been. And he's looking for somebody that's willing to say, you know what? I think it's me. I'm not, Lord Jesus, my neighbor might not want to do it. That brother over there might not want to do it. That sister over there might not want to do it. But I'm going to do it because I've got a generation under me that needs to know what it's like to keep pushing, that needs to know what it's like to discover new things in God. I don't want my children to look at Daddy and to think, well, Daddy's got it all together. He's discovered everything that there is to find. No, baby, come to the prayer room with Daddy for a minute and let's go pray. Let's go pray. And let God show us His depths. Can we stand this morning? I feel the Holy Ghost moving. Huh? Lord, in the name of Jesus. There's some of you in this house right now. God has anointed you to be the explorer for this church. I'm not talking about a curiosity that is led by carnality. I'm talking about a divine supernatural exploration in your spirit. Because the Lord is trying his best to pour out fresh things in this hour. And I'm not going to be willing to take fresh if I'm still living off of the old. and believe the junk that, that this world is trying to, to push on the church that says in order for you to discover new things and have greater revival you got to compromise I don't agree with that junk I believe that in order for me to get to those supernatural deep places of God it's going to take greater consecration it's going to take greater commitment than I've ever given before Lord, my, my standards and my walk with you have been up to this level this far. I know too many people, too many people in Pentecost that reach a certain level with God and then all of a sudden decide, well, now that I know enough about him, I can back off a little bit. No, 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 no. Don't ever get that mentality. You need to be the one that says, I've reached this level, but I believe that there's more. So I'm gonna give this up and give that up and give this up and give that up and begin to pray more and fast more and study more because I believe there's a revival for my family. I believe there's a revival for this city. I believe there's a revival for this region.
Let's lift our hands right now in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You got, you got some young men standing right here that are gonna preach greater messages than I've ever preached before. That Bishop has ever preached before. The pastor has ever preached before. And it's gonna be because of the anointing of the hour. The fresh anointing of the hour. God's saying, I'm coming back soon. I know the world's gotten rough. I know it's confusing. I know there's a lot of mess happening. There's a lot of perversion being loosed in the world. But where darkness prevails, where the hell is unleashed, I've got grace and mercy. I've got power. I've got authority. And I've got fresh anointing for this generation. Lord, one more time, I'm going to open this altar up because I, I feel I feel the Lord is trying to tug on somebody right now, trying to pull you into that next level. I know you've loved where you've been. I know you've enjoyed where you've been. But I believe that the Lord is wanting to take you deeper. He's wanting to take you to another level. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.